I was asked, um, what's the um, Pentecostal psalm? Psalm of a Pentecostal. And um, I thought about it for a minute because no one had actually linked uh, Psalms with Pentecost in my mind. Uh, really, I've, I just love the Psalms. I love every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But I began to think, well, for us, what is the most glorious Psalm as a Pentecostal? Someone who believes in the power of the Spirit, the gifts of God, the reality of Jesus Christ. And um, really there's only one I could think of that expresses everything. That's Psalm 103. And I'd like you to turn to it. Uh, I want to talk about it because it expresses what we are. I know you might say, well, what about Psalm 22? What about Psalm 23? There are a lot of psalms, and we sing them, we use them, we believe in them. But this one probably expresses everything. Because, first of all, it, it's a psalm of praise, of thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy soul from destruction, and crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. It's the most wonderful. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He redeems us. It's an expression of the whole gospel in one. It's the full gospel. He healeth all thy diseases. He forgiveth all thine iniquities. He's a good God. You know, there's so often I, I find people go to church and there's a feeling, well, God's come to condemn, come to accuse, but our Jesus has come to forgive. He forgiveth all our iniquities. He healeth all our diseases. Jesus Christ is the same today as he was 2,000 years ago. He heals the sick. He delivers the captive. He brings life and light and liberty to all. And it probably expresses very comfortably everything we believe. The Lord executed, verse 6, righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed he made known his ways unto Moses his acts unto the children of Israel the Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous in mercy he will not always chide neither will he keep his anger forever he hath not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities for as the heaven is high above the earth so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. That's beautiful, isn't it? How far is the east from the west? Well, how far? It's infinite. There's no way you can reach one from the other. God puts 
as far as the east is from the west, he separates our sin. When God forgives, he totally means that you have no past, you have a future. Nothing that went behind ever matters again. For a Christian, it's forget those things that are behind, we go on. And what an expression of the reality. I remember when I got saved, there was one thing they told me, God divided my sins as far as the east is from the west, and he'll remember them no more. He puts them out of his mind. If God chooses to forget, we can forget. I find a lot of people, they delve back into their past to psychoanalyze themselves and find out why they've got troubles. People tell them, oh, well, you know, you're abused, you're this, you're that. It's the excuse for behavior. It's the excuse for everything. And God says, no. As far as he's concerned, we don't have a past, we have a future. As far as he's concerned, everything we've ever done wrong in our lives, he divides it as far as the east is from the west, and he says, I'll remember it no more. It's the most glorious truth. When you get it into your heart and your mind, it's over. You can't change yesterday. It's gone. You can be different today, and you can have a glorious future. But what you can't do, you can't change what's gone. It's gone. It's gone for good. And God says, look, that's the way to live. For a Christian, you have no past, you have a future. You have a reality. And that's the most wonderful gift of all. It goes on. Thank God he didn't stop there uh, with the negative. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his ways are grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure, bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen? Amen. You know, the, the word bless there is also translated praise. Uh, if you put it in the NIV version, uh, praise God. The wonderful thing is he rules, he reigns overall there's no end to his dominion his king of kings his lord of lords his all-conquering almighty and it began to strike me how important it was to realize where we belong if ever a psalm spoke the whole gospel this psalm speaks everything he redeemeth thy soul from destruction there's nothing in your life god can't change no past thing he can't forgive, cleanse you of, so that it's as though it never was. 
He takes everything away, transforms everything, makes everything new. He'll heal your body. Doesn't matter what the disease is, doesn't matter what the affliction is, there's a God who heals. It's not some superstition, it's not some uh, make-believe, it's reality. He does it. And he's good. Always is good. And he treats us like his children. It's not some austere God, some mysterious being. He's our Father. And he loves us. Most glorious thing of all. When I began to look at the psalm, I thought, my, that says everything for me. That's what I believe in. A good God. A God of love, a God of grace. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when Jesus came, he healed the sick, he delivered the captive. He wanted everyone to know there's hope. Because in this sin-sick world, the one thing that people are robbed of is hope. They're robbed of the future, they're robbed of a hope of something changing. They're told, well, you can't make a difference. But you can. One man can change everything. In this nation, we were due for uh, the same thing as the French Revolution. One man stood up. Really, it was Whitfield. He began to go out into the fields preaching. Then the Wesleys arose. And the whole nation was turned from civil war just by the truth of God. The beautiful thing was that much of it was done with singing. Uh, the Wesleys wrote hymn after hymn. And they put it to the common tunes of the day. And people sung. And he said more people were changed by the singing of the hymns than by his preaching. Um, <laughs> Because I've, I've read some of his hymns. There's one hymn that has 42 verses. And they're in six lines long, 42 verses. And I had a friend in Liverpool who decided he was going to sing the whole hymn to see if you could do it. And he got down to verse 37 when the neighbor from downstairs knocked on his door and said, look, I'm not offended at your music, but please, could you just change it? After 37 <laughs> verses, she was desperate just to hear something different. Uh, and, you know, I call them uh, hymns of eternal length. But they used to sing them, and their hearts would learn them off by heart, and their doctrine came from their music. And it's good to realize that in the Psalms, a lot of the teaching came because the Jewish people began to sing. And in their songs, they sung the truth of what God had done. And the easiest way to learn anything is with music and song. It sticks in your mind, it sticks in your heart. That's why it's so important if you go to a church to make sure you only sing what's true. There's a lot of hymns, a lot of songs really just aren't true. And so you begin to sing and you're singing a lie. The trouble is you remember a lie. And you need to know what's true, what's false. And the beauty of it is when you sing the truth and it gets into your heart and your mind, it's the most wonderful thing. Because your whole heart is set aflame with it. And that's what happened with the Wesleys. Um, Charles Wesley, I've got... 14 volumes of his poetical works he wrote 
the whole of scripture into poetry. He wrote beautiful hymns. And people began to sing them and love them and learn them. And today, they've thrown out the beauty, which is why I'm so prejudiced and use an authorized version. Uh, but the thing is, the beauty of the language, none can compare. And if you read English literature, it's laced with the authorized version. And I tell people there's never been a revival except with the authorized version, because thank God, that was the only version available at the time of the revivals. Uh, but it's a beautiful thing. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Let's read verse 3. Read it out. You know, verse 3 of this hymn, this psalm, read it. Who... Do you believe it? And the next verse? That's God's purpose. What a crown to receive, isn't it? Loving kindness and tender mercies. Now, do you believe it? A believer is someone who not doesn't just mentally assent to it, but believes it with all his heart. It's true. God is a God of love. He loves you. He crowns you with loving kindness. He doesn't crown you with a mallet. He's not against you. He's not angry in the sense of being furious with you because Jesus has paid the price for sin. The sin question's dealt with. He's come to forgive you. Come to wash you clean. Who forgiveth? All thine iniquities. Does that mean every one? That means from the day of your birth to this very second, God forgives everything. Because Jesus Christ paid the price. There's nothing you could have done that God won't forgive. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all, all thy diseases. Every disease, there's a God who heals. Now it's not putting a trust in some fetish or some charm or something that's false. A lot of people believe in all sorts of rubbish. Crystals won't cure you. Often medicine won't. But there's a God who will. Jesus Christ. And there's only one saviour. There's only one way. There's only one healer. There's only one deliverer. His name is Jesus. And he is over all and in all. You can't come to God by anyone but him. He made it very plain. He said, no man can come to the Father but by me. There's no intercessor, no one in between God and man but Christ Jesus. And he comes to heal, to deliver, to forgive. He's the only one who shed his blood for our sins. He's the only one who rose again victorious. He's the Redeemer, he's the Saviour, he's the Lord. And putting your trust in him, just turning to him with simplicity, believing what he says, 
brings life, it brings freedom, it brings forgiveness, it brings health, it brings healing, brings deliverance for your soul. He does everything. He came to save us body, soul, and spirit. It's not leaving anything to chance. God knows our feeble frame. Goes on and says so. Look down in verse... um, Verse 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. He remembers, he knows. God never asks you to do anything that you can't do. He never demands of you something you just can't do. What he does is he tells you, hey, you can't do it, but I can. Scripture says, with man it's impossible, with God all things are possible and so the promises of God are true that's why I love the Psalms that's why I love this Psalm it's great to know your sins are divided from you as far as the east is from the west isn't that great it's great to know he heals all our diseases it's great to know that he transforms the soul doesn't matter how messed up a life is my Jesus can totally transform it he loves you not angry with you not against you, he's for you hadn't come to knock you down, he's come to lift you up, hasn't come to curse you, he's come to heal you he's a good God he means good to you he crowns you with what? loving kindness That's a good thing, isn't it? And tender mercy. You know, there's there's a lot of people that love hellfire. They love to express God as somehow austere, angry. And I I remember there's one um, sermon written, you know, a sinner in the hands of an angry God. And people would stand on their chairs in fear when he preached it and because they felt the fire of hell licking their feet. My Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance, not terror. Um, sometimes the only way to get people out of sin is to terrify them, I suppose. I remember when I went over to Venice, one of the things I was fascinated by was all the paintings on the walls and murals, all of hell, depicting hell and horror and anguish and damnation. Didn't find many depicting glory and freedom and honor and beauty. They seemed to concentrate on the damnation side, but God doesn't. If you read the book, he wants to tell you, hey, it's good. And all through the Psalms you'll find there's a remembrance that God always delivers his people, always meets their needs, always hears their cry. He's a good God. Merciful God, a true God. And so I delighted in one thing. You know, we sing a song that I love. And I want you to sing it. Um, He buried my sin where? 
He carried my as far as what has he done? You've removed my transgression from me. You know, when you sing it, you remember it. And when you remember it, you can believe it. And when you believe it, it happens in your life. The most glorious thing of all is to be able to express what's really happened in your heart and life with words and music and truth and song. It's the truth we've read about. You buried my sin where? You carried my guilt as far you've So when you begin to put it into song and sing it and believe it in your heart, you find the reality of it in your life. Do you know every one of those people that used to sing this psalm, they'd get up and they'd express their heart. Their religion was in their music. Their hope was in their God. And the whole expression of their songs was the truth they believed many of the psalms you find talk about the dealings of God with the children of Israel they forgot God's mercy he came back as soon as they cried have mercy on them I know that I am free from sin the big problem in the life let's sit down I want to just finish you see don't ever forget that song, sing it. Let it go in your heart and in your mind. I know that I am free. You buried my sin. The you carried my guilt. Far away. How far? As far as the east is from the west. You've removed my transgressions from me. So, I'll sing of your grace. Go on. Light of your love. Because I know. Can you imagine all the people who went into the tabernacle of David, people who went into Moses, uh, they learnt songs. There were singers. They taught. You know, there's the song of Moses. It says when we get to heaven, we'll sing the song of Moses. You know what the song of Moses was? came when Miriam began to dance before the Lord with all her might and praise God say hey God did something wonderful a lot of people they don't like miracles I love miracles I love a God of miracles I can't understand why people uh, don't like miracles I, I heard a story once I, my wife and I just got married and we were in um, Keswick and I was sitting there and he was trying to explain away the miracles and the miracle of um, Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea was the fact that at this point in the Red Sea it was only two or three inches deep so they could walk over the Red Sea perfectly alright because it was a shallow part and there were shallow parts in the Red Sea my fascination was how did God drown a whole army in two or three inches of water uh, because the Egyptians drowned in it so which was the bigger miracle 
And there's lots of people, they come and they want to explain it away. Jesus didn't really walk on water, there were stepping stones, he said. It was in the shallows. He didn't really raise Lazarus, he was just asleep. I mean, you usually bury your, your loved ones when they're just asleep, don't you? Uh, you, you put grave clothes on them and stick them away. You know, you don't even bother to check up. It's so absurd. Hmm? So there's another song. The song of Moses. Do you remember it? Let's sing it. I want you to sing one more song of Moses. Because it expresses everything. You're going to sing it in heaven, so you better get used to it now. Now can you imagine Miriam took a timbrel and she began to dance and she went out and she led the women in dance in praise giving thanks to God who brought the deliverance I think that's wonderful don't you yes. say what about the poor enemies that got drowned well they shouldn't have been chasing God's people they got an early bath that's the way it is and hey God's on our side and there's nothing wrong with believing that if you're one of these people that thinks that um, people who rebel against God and hate God and are enemies of God have as much right as those who love God I've got news for you God's a father he loves his children those that turn against God those that do despite to God they destroy themselves with their stupidity if the Egyptians hadn't pursued if they'd obeyed the word of God and let God's people go nothing would have happened to them but Pharaoh couldn't bear to do what he was told so he rebelled against God's command sought to destroy and to ensnare and capture God's people and so they got their just desserts nothing wrong in that is there Miriam was just rejoicing in a wonderful God who delivered them from slavery, from bondage. She wasn't gloating. Well, <laughs> nice to see those dirty Egyptians lying there, wasn't it? Amen? Not one survived. I love it. And just in case they could beat the flood, God whipped off the wheels of their chariots so they drove heavily. I love that too. God's good, isn't he? It's nice to know he's on our side. Amen? Amen? Put your hand on your chest. If you're a child of God, you can say, God's on my side. God's on my side. He's, for me. he's for me. If God be for me, God be for me. Who, can be who can be against me? That's the truth the way it is. God's for you. I believe he loves his children. He's for them. He heals his children. He forgives them. He changes their lives. He changes their hearts. He's always here to do us good. Let's just um, lift our hands to heaven. There's people who have requested prayer. There's a God who heals. Lift up your hands. Father, I thank you that you always hear us. Lord, I curse every disease, every bondage, every affliction. I thank you, you forgive us our sins. 
you heal us of all our diseases. Lord, this day just loosen each one. Let each one of the oppressed go free. Let your healing power just flow. Let your love and your grace envelop them. Let them know there's a God who loves them, a God who cares. Lord Jesus, we just commit each one to you. Lord, may their ways be blessed from this day forth forevermore. Amen? Amen. And so it will be. God bless you. Go with God, God willing. See you Tuesday night.